welcome to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast where three dungeon masters have been doing this for way too long. Talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. I'm Thorne, and I'm joined by... Tony. Your love lifting me higher than I've ever been lifted before. Your love lifted me higher. Right? Like I, that's what I went with. Staple 80s song here. Yeah. Staple 80s well, song. Oh, way, way before that. Way when's, before that when, when's it from? Jackie, uh, Jackie, um, god damn it, uh, Jackie Wilson. I know it from 80s movies. Well, it's from Ghostbusters was where Absolutely. they really uh, did it up. But yeah, it's yeah. an old, uh, an old like, soul tune. Yeah. This episode is all about transitioning to high-level play. Because we have two of our campaigns now that have reached, you know, end-game or post-end-game, depending on when the campaign ended. And we're really getting into, you know, level 15, you know, 14, 15, 16 players and the villains to challenge them. And I think that's really where the where the rubber hits the road. So that's the connection here. Yes. And this Lifting is also, you higher. this is a, a really special because I think we're the first people to actually play in the epic tiers in fifth edition i'm pretty sure that's quite the delusion <laughs> we, we're we're over a decade in, we're, we're over a decade into fifth edition and we are not the first nor do we pretend to be the first and we've all been in high level play before you right, know right, in other right, editions right, right. and stuff but it's more about you know i think that i think i think it's more about like how do you do that transition because what we've all seen is you go through the the bulk of your campaign pretty close to the book, you know, letting the players level up, matching monsters to them, and then you start hitting high-level tiers, and, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I start breaking out non-book stuff, I start throwing throwing some things in there, you know, it gets to be a different style of game. You move away from the in-a-box kind of game, uh, not really in a box, but the, the, the you move away from the bounded accuracy of 5th edition and get kind of crazy. I mean, really, that's what it is. You're high-level, once you cross level 15, to me, your game does and probably should get kind of crazy. You guys agree? Well, high-level play is really my bread and butter. Like, that's where <laughs> I want to be. I'm not a let's really grind out being third level for weeks and weeks and weeks because I've, there's so many different opportunities. Now, I don't abandon bounded accuracy because I feel that's still integral to keeping the universe together, so to speak. But you have more room to work uh, where you can add... You can homebrewing for sure. You have opportunities... Uh, to throw out your creativity, change some things around, add some bonuses, take some character and player-inspired ideas, and really run with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with, like, uh, the Curse of Strahd group is the first group that I've run in 5e that we've gotten up into this level of play, yeah. where we're 15th level going on 16th level now, and we're right in the end game. And I'm digging it, and uh, kind of what Tony was just saying, you have that, you actually know, you said it in a previous article where we were talking about... I never about, repeat myself. No, but we were talking about moving from a very low magic world to a high magic. And with the way we ran, uh, the way I ran Curse of Strahd and how you guys kind of took to it, we were able to do that. So in this end game part, I'm able to open up the engine That's a right lot on. more. Yeah. Because in the end, it's like, who cares at this point? You know, because just throw the stuff out there because they're going to be super powerful. So... You don't have to be as concerned with what are you throwing at them in a way. Yeah. Right? And I, we got into this with the, the most recent Woodstock game where we kind of, we reached to the big, I mean, what we consider the big bad of the campaign, the Malbion, yeah. uh, who is a ninth level spellcaster, right? I mean, uh, he's casting ninth level spells, let's say yes. that, right? Yeah. Yes. But it's he is, he fancy is, and magic. But it is, to be <laughs> fair, he's casting multiple ninth level spells yeah. per encounter. He's a big he is, cheater. He is an archmage who has totally power. So those of you who've been listening, this is a campaign where we have a great old one living inside the earth that gives you power if you sacrifice sentient beings to it. And this guy has sacrificed like a million elves to it. He, he, he depopulated the elven. Name. We did a terrible job. Well, he he did this all before you knew who he was. Like like this was all this was really before you guys showed up. Yeah, we weren't even in Woodstock yet. I really got a party at the end of this, this and be like, we did a great job, guys. We saved everybody. And there's all this parking available. Well, there's still like two thirds of the world he hasn't gotten to, but that was the whole problem. Was he ran out of? He was in a place no one else like like that kind of had like a nobody else like a somebody else's problem field around it. For those of you who know who read uh, who read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like it was a huge continent-sized forest that. 
just had powerful magic, so no one really noticed it. Uh, and the elves lived there, and they kept the great old one asleep. And this guy, this this particular elven archmage, decided to wake it up, to, to take the power and wake it up. And so by the time he's meeting the players, well, he didn't sacrifice a million souls just to show up and play fair. You know, yeah, yeah that's not his game. He is showing up. He's showing up with like you know, save DCs of twenty seven. Uh, he's got tentacle. He's got like that's a tentacle neat. aura. He's throwing people into 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 the into the abyss. Um, yeah, he's he's doing mean things, and yeah, it's 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 kind of transitioning from the it's transitioning from the point where you're trying to have a balance game into the point where you're really trying to up the difficulty and and up the climax. So when the players you know theoretically win this in the end, they'll have they'll really feel like they accomplished something by beating this guy. That's really what I'm going for. Yeah, uh, I think I would say the same with the big bad that I rolled out for the end game of, of Curse of Strahd 2. Uh, the vampire character, who I really just... I mean, I unloaded a, a level of power into this guy, and I'm just yeah. like, let's see what happens, because your party is super powerful. You're going to continue to become even more powerful, so let's see. Let's make this epic... <laughs> knock down, drag out your fighting Thanos with the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why Endgame was so amazing. And then there were other things that happened, but that's actually one of the things I hope we can get into uh, in that, like, are there times, because there's something I've been, I was playing with for the for one of the, the upcoming games in Curse of Strahd that I was like, I don't want to play it because I don't want to ruin the campaign before we get to the climax. Mm. Yeah. So and also <laughs> against your point, Tony, I love low level play myself. I love like that first tier. I do too. Yeah. I really like that because there is a level of they're scared shitless in the world. Nothing is it, everything is a problem. It's, to travel is a problem. To fight is a problem. Yeah. To sleep is a problem. It's Once important. you're level ten. None of that is a problem, right? Yeah, like, like kind of like levels, like up through like level five, or at least through level three, you're kind of establishing this is a living, breathing world your your characters are playing in. Yeah. So it is like, you know, they have to deal with things that are more human. They have to, they're just more mortal. Yeah. Right? They have yeah. to deal with travel. They have to deal with, you know, they're oh, well, my sword's not gods. great. Maybe it breaks. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you, you don't have, maybe you don't have a lot of magic items out. So the werewolves attack and they're a real problem. Because Oh, good times. Although, <laughs> although, although I will, I will say again, that whole mechanic is weakened because all you need is a spellcaster. <laughs> yeah, it's a, there's there's some issues with the werewolf. And, it's like, oh it. yeah, the fighter's useless, but the but but the yeah the warlock's in the back. Yeah, but I ain't. <laughs> it was so funny. It was unfortunate too because like by the time you guys all went and silvered your weapons, and then it didn't matter because you all had magic and shit. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so anyway, anyway. But you know, I will say, vampire is going to be a wonderful way for Phineas to take over the Elven Court. He's got well, his we'll plan. See. We'll see. He's got we'll his see. plan. Is that how you see but that that's, ending? That is how I see that ending. That's one of the things Well, that... why would we fight him without support? Right. Okay, We're, we could go down the rabbit hole of my plan. So here's my <laughs> thing, because I'm not actually putting it... But here's an example, and I'm going to throw it out there, because yeah. we've actually talked about this previously for the, the, the initial Woodstock game that Tony and yeah. a couple of your friends were all playing in, in yeah. the world, but a separate game, right? And you have said that there were several problems with it, but when you threw out the deck of many things, it kind of ruined the campaign in a way, right? It was one of the things that helped to Here punch you go, bring that up. How yeah. the players reacted to it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So here's my thing. So one of the things, as you guys are approaching the Court of Stars, um, I actually found like a fun little thing that I was taking some ideas from. And one of the ideas was wagering with the, with the Elven Courts and... Um, so the Court of Stars in my world, for, for the listeners, is the Feywild is, this is the, the ultimate queen of the Eladrin, Morwell, is, convenes this Court of Stars to see who rules the Feywild. And all the courts get together, and it's all courtly intrigue, and yada yada. And that's where Phineas's character and the gentlemen mm-hmm. are playing in to attempt to overthrow, uh, create a rebellion, and get placed as the leaders of this Court of Stars, the Elven King. Anyway, so I wanted to create kind of a Feywild feel. So I wanted things, there's going to, you know, games and the procession in, as you guys have heard about stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there be one, swimsuit competition. One thing, <laughs> one thing to get to my actual point as I'm babbling here mm. is wagering. And it was a cool thing because it was, in essence, they 
throw out a deck of many things and the characters don't necessarily know that it is. They can ask, they can maybe, you know, check, I want to see what is that card. And I seriously wrestled with it, but I was looking and I was thinking, okay, we're going to be 15th level going into 16th level. And these, the characters are so in the world. And I don't mind if a character dies off in battle, but if they pull the void or the donjon or, and all you're gone, that in my opinion, takes something and just you, you just shit the bed on something that could be really epic with something so simple as like, the deck of many things. This is the yeah, end. Here, I'll tell you what's going on there. Yeah. This is the wrong time for you to introduce a deck of many things because we're reaching into the end game. Everyone's got parts to play. Exactly. And the deck of many things. So the deck of many things is good to introduce when you're at a break. So if someone gets yanked into the donjon or winds up, you know, being the devil's footstool. You have quests. You have, yeah. well, well, you have a break for the party to go rescue them. That's when you want to use your deck of many things. You want to use it when you can take the time to go fix the damage done or the or the player can get used to a new character. You don't want to do it in the middle of the climax. Right. So that's right. why you don't want to do it. Yeah, there. and that's where I was really wrestling because I was like, that's a great way to just take an awesome where we're heading and be like, can you roll me up a new character now? There's <laughs> no way. Or take a quick that. vacation, right? Take yeah, a quick vacation. Honestly, now. I don't know if Phineas would either. I don't think he's playing. You, I don't think he's playing a game of chance. He hasn't. Raised. If the uh, the queen of the face and here's my deck of many things, I'm like, Madame, you are on crack. <laughs> Put that shit away. I am not interested. There we go. Vote of no confidence. We raise a vote of no confidence. But that was queen. that's a that's an excellent point in terms of when you're heading into high level play. Also, I think depending on the campaign you're running, like if it's a if it's a big overarching story, that's going to play differently than if you've played twenty levels of an episodic kind of campaign mm. where you're kind of you're saving the you know yeah. wandering the lands and saving the towns and type of thing. Yeah, but what you have to remember about the deck of many things is as much as it's like as much as it can be like a slot machine, mm-hmm. it is also a quest starter. <laughs> Yeah, a slot machine with a gun and poison gas. <laughs> yes. and it'll ruin your backstory. Yes, but, that, but that's good. that's the thing. Is it's, it's you don't introduce the deck of many things if you don't think it's a good time to send the characters on a new. Quest. Hence, yeah. Hence so, why I was like, yeah, yeah no, no and, and you read it right. Yeah, yeah, because it is. You're because you got to consider. Okay, at this point in my game, does losing one of my characters ruin it? And even at a point in the game where we were fine doing it. It, it ruined well, it, it for one of my it, players. It wouldn't ruin like the story to continue, but it would ruin it for that player and possibly the rest of the party being like, "Oh, well, we were gonna like we were gonna cross the finish line or at least die trying together." I would actually, like let's yeah. say if Hawk went down or if Sir Scar goes down against Vampire or sacrifices himself in the yeah. final battle, right? That's epic storytelling. Yeah. That you have you've hit the high note and you can walk away from the table and you're gold. But if it if it ha- like we've talked about, it's if a it time of screen. Yeah, yeah, if it if you die, be- we've talked about this in player death episode. Yeah. If you die because you chose this in a way, you went down this path. That's one thing. If you did it because chance fucked you in the ass, excuse my draconic, well, right? <laughs> then it's yeah, it's pretty relevant right. when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know why that happened last game or what's not game. Just to let the audience know what I was talking about. All of a sudden, Beam started cracking one-liners the whole time, cursing and just saying, excuse my draconic. So I apologize to the rest of the party. <laughs> I was just drunk on having all of these people around the table again. I will so say, anyway. my, 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 favorite, my favorite part of that was the fact that... Um, okay, so, so, so the setup for this encounter was the Malbion, the big bad guy, thought he was going to sacrifice the entire party to Gadanathwa, the great old one, wake it up, leave, leave the world, and let it destroy the world. We um, are level 15 at this point, too, just so yes. the audience knows. Yeah, level 15 just before that encounter. Yeah. So so the whole thing was basically like, okay, first of all, let the party engage with this big bad guy, see how they fare against him, see how he fares against them, but he's really just finding ways to throw them in. He's got a huge a huge uh, canyon behind him, a crevasse right to, right to the center of the earth, and he's just hurling them into it. So there, there was a different win condition. It was kind of a sparring kind of match, but he's trying... But, 
he's his he's got the easy way. Yeah. I just got to get you guys all. Yeah, done. we were testing the jabs out, yeah. and then and then we got just tossed in which, the drink. I mean, that's just you know. I will recommend because this was a good chance for the party to see what they're going to come up against very soon. Well, what did I do? Same yeah. thing with uh, the Christmas game against Charlie Manx. I was able to test out a Vampire Lord. Yep. Before prior to Strahd to yeah. see like. Oh, they're just going to cream this fucker. But to be honest so with you, I need to. I need to up ju- the game. This wasn't just for me, though. I was also. I wanted you guys to get an idea of what you were fighting. Absolutely. So when you come into, so when the next time when when you do come to the big showdown, you have a taste of it, and it's not going to catch you off guard. Yeah. So the, now the the catch was they've made friends with this great old one. So even though he threw them in the in in, in threw them to it. They didn't. They weren't sacrificed. They, they they were moved on to the next part of the adventure. But my favorite part was after hurling them in with tentacles, using telekinesis, using true polymorph to turn the paladin into a chair, which he sat on for a little bit before kicking it in the abyss. That was a, that was. I will say that was a quality move. That, I thought that, that was, you that flipped was the chair around and sat in it. Yeah. That, that I I will <laughs> give you. I had some issues with that encounter, but that I was like, that's it. That's a that's a win for you. <laughs> I thought, I thought you know, I, I, that I, I was yeah. And then, uh, but the, what finally got the last two people in the to sacrifice themselves was just a simple suggestion spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mass <laughs> I, suggestion on us. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that, that was. And then sometimes the dice just aren't there for you. It's well, crazy. he's a hard saving though. He will probably be a slightly easier saving throw out of his place of power. That was the other thing. You guys were fighting him in his place of power. No, and I mean, as we've said, I uh, just I want Tony to get in on this too. But like that was a good point, uh, and we talked about it before transitioning to the high level play, especially because most times if you're going into high level play, mm-hmm. you're going against the big bit, the BBEG. That's what we all talk about, right? Yeah. And the introduction of that is super super important. The party needs to get a sense of one, why do they care about this person, but two, what kind of power level are we looking at? So you don't just walk in. And get torched. Yeah. You know, I did it with Strahd. You did it with the Mal... Because we had not fought the Malbion really before. We saw him from afar. You met him. You, you know, you, Some end. of you have met him. He's been introduced. But not but in yeah, terms of... Yeah, you haven't like, actually see, traded blows. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't yeah. tested the jab at all. Right? Been throwing out jabs. And the same thing with Vampyr. You guys saw Vampyr at level 14, I want to say. And he... I mean, he was just demolishing you as he, he was did. going Absolutely. as he was going yeah. to, you know. But it gives you that idea. Okay, now the end game. When you see Thanos, and I keep using Thanos because it's one of the most perfect, big bad epic. Doesn't Vampyr have right? a gauntlet too? He's got a tendril. He does. He does. He does. No, not a gauntlet. He, he has a tendril. Yeah, the Eldritch like tendril. He has. He has. Yes. He has a tendril. A la the, the vampires from the uh, from the strain. So yeah, it from, it, does it come from his mouth or no, from his arm? It's it comes actually, from his arm. It's right? attached to his arm, and this. So, I don't know if people know, but this is actually from, like, I think the vampire I'm using is actually from the Witcher universe. Uh, this type of oh, vampire. Okay. And I kind of altered them a little bit, but I found this whole book that, like, pulls from the Witcher mythos, and it's horrifying <laughs> stuff. Anyway, the introduction of the big bad evil guy. And he was demolishing you, and you were able to escape so that you can better understand where you're going. And that's what I was getting to. I keep using Thanos as an example, but when you see Thanos jump out and beat the crap out of the Hulk, yeah. your asshole tightens. And you go, oh, I had my issues with that scene in the, in the beginning. I was like, seriously? You know, and you can, the, I understand the explanations, but it does serve to go, oh, this is yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. You know, so... Sorry. Well, was... um, back to the deck of many things. I only advise touching that if you have nothing to lose. <laughs> if you have nothing to lose, your character, you're on the fence about it. Like, my character could die right now or gain three levels and you're prepared to make that trade. Go ahead, reach for that deck. Choose your cards very carefully. To be fair, though, the deck of many things is how Erasmus got his signature trait. That's how he became... A giant, well, well a half giant. Or I could have been a barbarian and used that class feature from the Art of Arcana, which they made now, where you could move it to make a giant. That just happened. Though. It wasn't available. Yeah, it wasn't available. But I mean, by, but, but like, it's not like the deck of many things doesn't have an upside. You huge you, upsides. Yeah, I mean, you were able. Your character would not be as memorable or as cool if you hadn't played with the deck of many things. Right, but I made this analogy before. Deck of many things is like you could flip a card and get a million dollars, or you could flip a card and get a permanent insanity that's debilitating, or you could flip a card and get to have sex with anybody who you want, or you could flip a card and be lost in time and space. Yeah. Frankly, the, these are all literal cards in the deck. These are how you really, <laughs> but no, your point was rough. your point was exactly right, Thor. I think that, that it's an excellent quest starter. So yeah. when you're entering it into the campaign at some point. 
That's a great way to start the quest, not in the epic conclusion of it. Yeah. And also, just as an aside, I don't want to take up the whole time talking about the deck of many things, but I thought Matt Colville had a good point about it, too, because he does a whole episode on the deck. Uh, he said it's like it's one of the things from the very earliest days of D&D that's just been brought forward, and it's like it's it's an heirloom, right? But he said it was kind of from that time where there was almost a little bit of Scheidenfreude at the table, where like you kind of took a little bit of like joy in the misfortune of the other players in a way, <laughs> right? Like in good fun generally, but there's a little bit of like, oh well, fuck you, you're in the void now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I got a castle on the keep and an eighteen charisma, and where are you? Your soul is trapped in a mirror in Mephistopheles' palace. Ooh, cool. we're never getting you back. Sorry, bud. Yeah, no, I will, if you're ever thinking about it, I will never touch another one of those again. I had my fun, I had my run, it was great. Yeah. Really, for, truly. For the record, when I rolled it out, I set him up at a spot you guys could totally have gone and rescued him. You absolutely could have rescued him, just the player himself hated it. I'm just saying, I don't want him to roll this out in his curse of strong. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's why, but that was a point, was that I was really, and that's one of the things, as we said, when you're transitioning into the high-level play, you kind of have to get a gauge of what is, what is your campaign? Is it a big, epic conclusion kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Is it a story? Because we've talked about, like, you can't let any of the characters be so integral to the story that if they died or were gone, the story is gone, because you've, you've played favorites at that point, I yeah. think. But at this point, it, you really have to start focusing in on what is the end goal here? What is the win condition? What is the, what's the final confrontation? Yeah. Right? In a way. Well, at, least for, at least for you to be able to retire, if not die. So you need to have an exiting strategy for this, a clear win for them, kind of like the end of the video game. That makes perfectly mm -hmm. good sense. So we talked about homebrewing, so the question then is, <laughs> how do you homebrew? How do you add this extra layer of stuff, like we talked about in that old article, where... You entered oh, past like the boons and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you've cleared tenth level. You clear the original material. You we finished Curse of Strahd, for example. Okay, we did that pretty much by the book. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, when you introduce these new levels of things, you got a fresh palette, so it's okay. You're still you're not moving away from uh, the original source material you're working with. But now, as you go into this new layer of things, everybody's on board for it. It's, it's actually adding to it versus not being true to the original stuff. So that is, it, it's well, but how do you do that without train wrecking that or going too far? That is the tricky thing. Um, now, first of all, when you get to the high levels of play, though, I think you're more likely to not go far enough than too far. But at the same time, you don't want to have very many things where the party, you got to be careful because sometimes the, 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 um, Sometimes you start kind of fiating things. Oh, I need this to happen for the story, so, so this mm. is going to happen one way or the other. Which is, I think, probably the issue Dave had with the encounter with the Malveon. Um, In what way? What well, you mean? mentioned you had some issues with that encounter. Oh, more no. The, Besides my, the ass beating? No, I, didn't, I don't mind, because that's what we were saying precast. I actually wasn't feeling, like, I thought if we really got down to trading blows, one for one, we're just in the ring, I don't. I could not say who was going to take that one. I knew we were losing the second you know, we walked in. Especially as I'll we were... What I will say, and this was the thing... This is maybe good as a as a piece yeah. of advice. Uh, if you're... We're all playing the... It's all a magic trick, right? Running the game is a magic trick. You are... It's smoke and mirrors, and we're all pretending that we don't know things, right? If your players know it, if they see the trick, it loses its luster. So as Indeed. we were in that encounter... The first two people to go into the tentacles, I went, oh, shit, this is, he's, we're on the chasm. This adds a whole nother level of terrain and environment. Okay. The third person and the fourth one, in it, and then like halfway into the thing, I went, oh, we're just, we all are, we need to go in. So he's going to right. push towards us going so in. Anytime. So I saw the, I saw the, I saw where he pulled the, the rabbit, right? That's all. When a wizard comes out by themselves, no guards. Just like, What's up, bro? <laughs> uh, you know, Rasmus is like, right? you know, he's like pulling on his toe. He's like, he has hands in his pockets of his toe. He's like, yeah, Sir Morton, get him. See what happens. <laughs> right, so yeah, like just to see. I knew better. Right? So, yeah, so I, we have this like 20th level spell uh, wizard or whatever the hell this guy is. Plus he's super powered up and the Gadanoth, when we get this, because we see how Ogin, our, our sorcerer warlock, is being powered up, right? 
Yeah, just for the record, Ojin has taken the God of deal and did start yeah. sacrificing things to it. Yeah, so, so she has. So her she has her DC and yeah. her attack bonuses are pretty hefty. I will yeah. say, like when I see her sheet, I will go, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're out of um, line. They're really but crazy. we walk in to the old cavern where it was, and that I like too. You brought it full circle to where we first encountered this thing, so that was nice in terms of like tying the story up. So so what, what Dave means about that is just, uh, so you've heard us talk about the Red Cap incident where they were yeah. almost sacrificing out on Athwa. This was happened in the same place. Although now, no, at the time, it had been like a big audience. There were goblins cheering for them getting killed. And now there was nothing. Now we walk in. It's completely barren, except the Malbion is there. We finally come to understand that this is the Malbion. And he's just hanging out there. Just, what's up? Guys, yeah, and then Thorin like stands up and he does a whole like, this guy's fucking crazy monologue, right? With yeah. the with the voice Genocidal and such. Just, guy, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna fucking like, oh, this guy, we gotta either run or kill this fucker, right? <laughs> yeah, no. So I enjoyed all of that, um, but yeah, when you when you when I saw the magic trick, I go, okay, let's let's move on well, to the next. So, you, uh, so you said you knew when you came in. How did you feel about it? Do you feel that way about it? No, because I knew, I mean, I, my character didn't know, but I knew. Because, okay, I may have run a few mages in my day. Yeah. All right? <laughs> <laughs> on both sides, too. Right? I run 20th levels on both sides of the screen. Right. So what I do is, I send guys up to, they're always, you're chewing, you, even if you go, even you're meat grinding up these, these minions, you put them out there, you slow them down, you make them burn their resources, you saying. harass them. You know, there was no way, I thought there was one of two things happening. He was in a row up there, and we saw him by himself. He was going to hand us our asses, or he wasn't there. It was A or B. There was no, beyond the initial encounter at the gates, there was yeah. nothing else in this whole place. He had plenty of opportunities to ambush us, set traps. He didn't. He's like, no, please. He Come might in. as well have left the lights on and the door open. So we go in there, and he starts beating our ass, and I'm like, yeah, this is why. So, so here's here, here's the interesting thing about that because I understand Dave. That's I, what's interesting too. Yeah. We're both saying the same thing, but seeing it from a, just a different angle. And here, I didn't yeah. see it until into the encounter. And I went, oh, okay, we're going in. The pit. But but okay. so, so, so but Tony is yeah. starting at the outside of. The, he's like, oh yeah, no, we're going in because nothing has happened. <laughs> nothing has happened. There were several clues that yeah. could be picked up. Yeah. And because you said something interesting, if you see the trick, it kind of ruins the trick. You were saying, he. I kind of wanted you to understand it was happening on some level because look at like the look like, at like regardless the, of well, what's going down. Yeah, right? for a few reasons. One, we had had the whole encounter with uh, Brother Maynard earlier. Yes, Brother Maynard had been had been kind of the midpoint boss. They wanted to save him. He got instead gotten off what took his. You know, he forced them to kill him, and gotten off what took his body away. Party hated that. They hated that a lot. Now, that was also something where I kind of, like, that wasn't meant to be a preconceived encounter, but the party felt like it was. The party felt like no matter what they were going to do, it was going to work out that way. The trick with, the thing with that, though, is in some ways, the disappointment of feeling like it couldn't have gone another way grows from not understanding, in this case, you know, not understanding what's happening in the encounter. Mm. Now, there, it really wasn't predetermined. A lot of things had happened. I just made decisions the party didn't like but i knew coming into here you guys had to see it a bit you, you, because if you didn't see it a bit you were going to feel like oh i'm just i'm just fighting an impossible monster and the point of the encounter isn't for you to feel like you're fighting an impossible monster the point of the encounter is one to it well one you had to have another conversation with the actual great old one got an i had to get you there and that was this was the doorway to that in two I wanted you to look at it, and I wanted you to get that first feeling for what's it going to be like when you actually have to fight the Malbion. Sure, you know. Yeah. So it's so it's so yeah. We do to, get out a little bit, yeah, and then the story progresses to the next phase. There's other ways I could have done it. Like it could have been like a close fight, and he escapes. But that's not what this was set up to be because the Malbion has, has basically fed all of his followers to Gadanapa. Yeah. So he's super powerful. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He's all his friends have been eaten. He right, sacrificed he, he sacrificed all of them. Yeah, yeah the only thing he has left that's a shady retirement that, plan. The only thing he has left are things that Gadanathwa won't take, like flins and gnolls, because they're actually demons. There, there are several kinds of warlocks that have actually been there. There are kind of undead warlock, but those are actually people who have already been sacrificed to Gadanathwa and, and now come they're back. back. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like okay. he has some forces that can't be sacrificed. Yeah. yeah. But so I wanted you guys to kind of face him one on one because it's gonna. He's more of a he's more of a solo boss. 
You know, he's he's got legendary action. I, I like the solo boss feel. Yeah. That's, that's well, that, I mean, I will say this was actually a point where the solo boss actually worked, and especially for like a wizard, which is generally or warlock is generally kind of a glass cannon, right? But he's a wizard. He's an archer. He's a wizard. With, yeah. with, with a with a cup with some with warlock abilities. But I know like he, he has, has, like he has some buffs yeah. in terms of his his ability to yeah. withstand some hits too. But at the same point, like that was we. It really was an encounter. It wasn't just us kicking the living shit out of the solo boss, like yeah. which happens sometimes with uh, in Storm Kings, where we'd have the boss out there, and we're just like, oh yeah, we could we could take this guy, we could take this guy, you know, almost a little too overconfident. But, but, but just to so just to wrap up, Till I gave it a second form. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my third form now. But so so the Is reason the reason I, I I felt like I needed you guys, to, I feel like I needed to make the trick a little obvious. Because if I didn't, I was afraid of hard feelings that this group's had before. You wanted you wanted to see, you wanted us to see the the trick. Yeah, okay. because yeah. I wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. I wanted all these things to happen, but I had to get you out of it without feeling betrayed, which meant a little bit letting you f- understand that this is that this is kind of a set piece a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and it worked. No one seems like they were upset about it. Yeah, you know, but that's an important thing too, especially like we're talking about the transition to high play, and that's generally where you're doing the big, big, big bad introduction. Where they're, okay, now we're coming in towards Thanos. That introduction, you need to be able to have, they need an exit and they need to know that, they either need to know it's there or you need to to have the mechanic there. Like with Vampyr, yeah. I had Elios there. Yeah. I had the Skymall there. I had the ability that if you guys did almost anything, I could just whoop, pull you in after you take a couple lumps. Or at least after Sir Scar takes a I couple lumps. You know, but yeah, you need to have that ability because it will quickly devolve into just annihilating the entire. Yeah, party. so 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 when you're in high level play and you're going to have this kind of big boss initial, like kind of kind of kind of the the the, the early rounds, the preview fight. You do need to make sure neither side kills. This the is other. an exhibition. This is yeah, not for the yeah, title. Yeah, it's like this okay. is a preseason game. <laughs> And that, that's all I would. So that was part of why I set it up that way because yeah. I wanted to have a preseason game with that didn't really mean anything, that didn't kill you guys, but did show off his power and, and I wasn't needed, the knockdown drag out. And fight. I did, and I didn't, I didn't want to offend the party again. I didn't want right. to have another another fight where they're like, "Oh, this is such bullshit," you know. So I was, I was trying to let it kind of be obvious a little bit because you guys are all pretty smart. So, just in general, not specific to that case, but in the high level play, you need to make sure that the players still have their sense of agency. So I remember playing Neverwinter Nights, uh, the video game was set in 3rd edition. There was a situation where you run into a Medusa, and you're not supposed to know it was a Medusa. But, you know, I had played through the game a couple times at this point, but this is no surprise. <laughs> so I went and found and hunted down a ring of protection from petrification. And guess what? When you meet her, she still turned to the stone, and you still moved to the next point. <laughs> Uh. So, you, again, you can't, you can't, you know, um, let them see you pulling the rabbit out of the hat. You can't transition... In that much, in a case of a story, there needs to be those variables. Some of the best stories have had things gone completely sideways or ended in a way even the DM wasn't expecting. Mm. That's true. That's true. You got to be open to what happens and what happens on the field. And I guess you know, which yeah. does not mean that you cannot have hard limits, whether it's because of story reasons or just yeah. because that is the way in which um, that person, that faction, that organization, that that whatever would react to certain things. There yeah. are ways in which you could say, no, that's not going to work. It's like, you know, no matter how good your persuasion skill might be, there are going to be certain things you cannot just talk your way out of. There's yeah. going to be things you can't fight your way out of. And some things are just, this door might be closed to you, but it can't be to the level of, okay, I'm fighting Medusa. I know they turn you to stone, so I'm going to have a ring that literally stops me from turning to it's stone. It's just one job. That's like that's literally the the black on white writing on it, and then yeah, no, she still turns into stone. You know, fuck you. <laughs> that's don't allow the players. If that's a if 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 you need something like the Medusa, that's a great yeah. example. I think even that's, I still don't understand how you play a video game in third edition. Like it's oh, a, Neverwinter Nights was all thirty. Okay, and they did it for you. They showed all the attack bonuses. That's yeah. where I saw oh, wow. okay. first exposure to positive no, bonuses. Okay, yeah, they, they made some they made some good video games in the third yeah. in third edition, uh-huh. second edition too. Yeah, I was living in Delaware County. I wasn't really gaming but, with my crew. So if that's the case, if you if you the Medusa has to turn you to stone to move on to the next thing. 
That is your prerogative. You can't let them find a ring of petrification against petrification. Yeah, you can't yeah. do that because then you're just like, you know what? Fuck you, my story, my game. Yeah. And that's that's not going to feel good. But that is that brings up a really good question because as you get into the end game, you tend to start getting into the parts of the story that you want to lock down. Right, you probably have in mind. I know. I know in Woodstock Wanderers, this is no longer a matter of oh, I'm playing by the seat of my pants every game. I know what I want to have happen through the end game. Like I know the scenes I want you guys to go through. I know like 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 where I think it's going to end. Um, although it's not to say something different couldn't happen. And I actually, I know what might happen after that. Like I have kind of a plan for. What could be what happens next? Sure, if, if for some crossover. If you, you guys always, don't die, you always have that. Yeah, you always have the what but, if. But right. here's the question, though. So how? Steven, do, baby Walter. How do you play out that story you have at the end of the game, but still make sure the players have it? There it is. There how it is. You, that was going to yeah. be my question. Yeah. How so do you, you do think? that? I mean, how, how do you have your story you want to tell that's kind of locked in place, and still have flexibility like you have all game? If they want to make changes, then, you know, it, it was kind of like what I said in the article about you lay out your rules in session zero, and then 30 games later, we're changing the flavor of the game. That's not going against that, but things have evolved. Mm. You know, we we went, we cleared uh, level 11, now we're transitioning into the higher levels. Now it's a more high magic world than it was set in. Dave could have stuck to his guns. He could have been like, I'm sorry, good luck finding a magic sword. And I'm like, but Dave, I'm level 14. Sorry, bud. He's not here, man. Sorry, I can't help you. Hey, I made you go on a quest to fucking forge it. So, you know. No, no, then that was a, that was a totally different dynamic. So so you, 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 you earned the sword. But you pop the bottle and, you know, we've let magic into the world. Mm. To that respect. Um, certain things are should be immutable. But even, but like, certainly, like if you have a villain who's truly redeemable, okay. But that's really a special situation. Like, is the Malbion going to be convinced to, to, to step down at this point? Probably not. No, He's we, about- yeah, we've got, we, he, Thor gave enough uh, clues <laughs> during the whole thing that, like, this is it. He's too far gone to the point where, like, my character's like, no, we can't. We he must be destroyed. You know, you you got that. It's like same with Vampire. You guys are like, well, I mean, what does he want though? Like, what well, if you we could gave be a nature him spirit? A, Come a on, world, like, yeah. What if we gave him a world to feed on, and then we could just save him? You know, like yeah. There are, <laughs> you know, there are some uh, there are some villains that that's the game you're playing. Where yeah. it's you're trying to find. We did that with Storm Kings. I thought. I think you did that very well. Where. The whole end game, we had the big fight with the blue dragon, which was the name, oh, Elanth Il- or something like that. It's yeah, it's actually yeah. one of the ones in the. I'm book. not going to put your name, but yeah, right. she's out there. But the, so we had our big fight with the blue dragon. We had a big knock, and then we had court intrigue and yeah. explaining why the ordering should be thing and why these people were uh, were against your best interests and all this. That was a that was valid. That's not a we're just going to go in and punch you out kind of thing. Even though we could have, I probably well, I don't know. Great, I don't know if we could. That was a great example of a <laughs> game. Harder. I mean, that was a great example of a game that we that maybe didn't play out the way that you had in mind. Nope. I mean, you expected a fight at the, more fighting at the end, right? Yeah. You know what? Okay. Here's my inspiration. Let's talk Dragon Age One. All right. <laughs> Dragon Age One. You go into court and you're in a situation where uh, everyone was voting on. Uh, what was the situation with that? Like, we're going to see who was going to be regent or vote of no confidence. Who's going to be the king, right? Okay, Something to that effect. But the yeah. point is, then, you drew on all the people that you helped throughout the game. Ugh. So your agency mattered. You're gaining support in that giant's court because, okay, you helped this hill giantess take the throne after the original one. Yeah. And in my version of that game, the stone giant chieftain, she was possessed by a demon, not canon. But in my game, she was, and the Kraken set this up. And the fire giant, who was a douche, he kind of at <laughs> least saw where you're coming from. Like, you were, like, kind of, like, frenemies. Like, he was chummy with you, but he's like, okay, points are taken here. You, and, and you just went down the list. So you had a, you had clout in that situation. So then you could turn this around. You could get in there. You could start having a conversation. And that is absolutely not initially what I planned, but I saw the opportunity for and rolled with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, so like, but you also usually have a pretty tight story. Like, I'm thinking back to the last second edition game we had with uh, was it Seth? We were fighting in the Seth. end. Seth. Um, like, Seth Rogen. 
<laughs> oh no! The <laughs> ultimate evil. <laughs> now this guy was the first Seth fa- from um, the Magnesian campaign. He was the uh, yeah. first vampire. But how? So I mean, how do you how do you allow that level of player agency when you've got a hard ending that you're working towards? Mm. Well, the, well, actually, with that, I allowed players three different endings, really, mm. as I recall. But I mean, really, the confrontation all boiled down to there was this one villain who was traversing planes, wrecking shit. He was pissed off. He had some mommy issues. There's a lot to that. But, um, yeah, you were not talking him off the ledge. He was pure evil. Now, when you're doing a pure evil villain, they have to be the exception. They have to be your stride. Like, this person is this cracked, and here are the concrete reasons you can touch with your hands. Yeah. This is why you're not going to... So you have to go there, and you have to settle this in, like, a literal 90s showdown movie kind of style thing, because those those are your options. But because he was so preposterous, I allowed you to build up there. And my homebrew, it's because I'm also raising the ceiling on my villain, too. Yeah. Without these things, without giving you the gifts I did in Storm King's Thunder, or without... Um, in that previous camp, I let you find the things that you did. Now, he would have demolished you. Yeah. No, and I would say I do that too. Like, so the Malbion, I've had in mind how I was going to do the Malbion for a long time, but his modifiers were based on where you guys were. Like, you know, I, I'm in that, I got those too. Yeah, because like, 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 he has basically, he's basically an Archmage with Warlock abilities, with certain abilities because he sacrificed the God of Nathwa, in flat modifiers. Because he sacrificed, because of the powers, but very much like Ojin has, right, right, um, like like, our, like the player character has, but his are higher. His his are more extreme. Uh, so, the genocide, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he built up a lot of power. So he unlocked the Pol Pot achievement there. <laughs> oh. oh God. Oh. oh man, I gotta I gotta make like a cute and fluffy bunnies campaign one of these days. You should. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot of dark shit in my in my game. That was pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, know. but it's a oh. good point because it's it, there are different things like you yeah. you are focusing in. So even he, in Storm Kings, it wasn't we weren't even transitioning to high level play. We were still mid tier when we finished the campaign as the as the kind of mod yeah levels you anyway. So mm-hmm. we had never actually transitioned to. Uh, high level play, but we were kind of playing in that realm because you had buffed everything. But with the Malbion, with because Gadanathwa, the the elder great old one that's in the the world as its egg, is not the villain. It's not the big bad, and we realize this as characters. I'm not sold on that. But... It's the big <laughs> danger, wild, but it's, it's not the, the big danger. villain. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the you know it's the nuke. Exactly, it's it's, it's 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 a storm. It's a force of nature yeah. in itself. So you can't. You're not going to go punch the Gadnoth when you're not going to uh, convince him otherwise or it otherwise. It'd be know? funny to see Hawk in the campaign and literally go in there and try to punch him. Yeah. I could try to wrestle him. I, that's exactly what Hawk would. But have. the Malbion, Vampire, Strahd, even a little bit. Even though I think Strahd was uh, could definitely. Um, now Strahd was more flexible. We could you, negotiate. I could yeah. I could easily have pivoted depending on how you guys approached it. Uh, to being much more of the the diplomats and the court intrigue thing as opposed to the the dread Lord Vampire that I turned him into in the end. But that was just kind of the way the campaign went, and that was fine. But something like really weak. So, <laughs> right, but something like Vampire, this or the Malmion are not things that you discuss. So you have just by the very nature of the villain, yeah. focus the players into they're not gonna go off and try to do this other thing or or, you know, Oh, if we could only talk to all the people that we we've helped, and they could tell him why we're great, you know, yeah. like that's he'll eat them. That's not going to work. Now, are there ways that you could build factions and pull them in? Yes, but you can also then put stone walls in that place, like we have in Woodstock, where we we were able to gain access into uh, the the kingdom of the land. You know, became the wardens of the east. We have a, yeah. a, a we have a keep. You know, we're part of this thing. And we're like, can you know, can Gondor send aid? Well, we'd love to, but Gondor is currently facing off the hordes of orcs on our western front. You know, so there's ways that you can still have that and still have the players play out that final. The companions are going to fight the the big bad. You know, plus there is nothing God. There is nothing the Malbion would rather you do. Than bring, bring an two, army. to bring an army for him to feed to get it off of. Like, right. oh, great. I could use my... There's reason to use the, ten, the, 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 the tentacles, the, the tentacles again. again. Yeah. yeah. So also <laughs> a good point, too. So, like, there are ways in which to, to build it. So you can still have that final... It doesn't have to be this massive army, you know, on the Pelennor Fields. It can still be the companions 
are facing the final boss thing. Yeah. Uh, while still not completely robbing them of everything that they've done to change their world. But so another thing we haven't really talked about is, and there's something I, I threw in and actually in this last in this last game, was I think it's important to have showdowns, but I also think it's important to have certain social or uh, yeah social encounters that that are important and wrap things up too. Which okay. is so you went from the Malbion fight to basically face to face with God Anathoth who decided not to eat you, while you convinced him not to eat you, and you're talking you're trying to talk him into not waking up. Which is actually the, the relationship he had had with the one player character, with Ojin, was literally he sent a piece of himself to see the world to see if he, it was time for him to wake up yet. Um, so you in, in the party had a conversation with him that took a while where everyone's trying to make arguments that he'll, that he'll buy. And, and, and I'm gently pointing out that those aren't necessarily the best arguments to make. Well, I will say with that, too, yeah. one, I, that one was a little eh for me because, because it, it pulled away the suspension of disbelief that I've kept in the campaign. And we have this thing beyond i mean you're the lovecraft dm man yeah. like you like tony said in one of the last episodes you owe the lovecraft <laughs> like you owe them royalties I bring right in, like, i tend yeah. to bring in things like this yeah. right so but the whole nature of that is like this thing beyond all conceptions of us of humans Good of evil. morality of even the idea of thought mm -hmm. anything it's it's beyond all things to the point where if you're faced with it, I gotta roll a sanity check. Just the very nature I of I didn't do that with this guy. No, 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 but you know what I'm he saying. He doesn't like, add enough in the actual love. I'm, I'm 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 flipping in yeah. our Call of Cthulhu game too, but the idea that just knowing this exists in the universe can break your mind. Mm -hmm. And then when we got pulled down, and I'm having a talk with it the way I would if I did like speak with animals. And I was like, I don't I'm not sure where to go with this. This thing is beyond all conception. We've played that to the hill. Yeah. And now I'm able to talk to it about, like, you know, trees and love and families and bunnies. You know, like, we were we were kind of joking around the table and Scott had even said, like, we're literally trying to negotiate with a bomb, you know, from well, you some were. show yeah. or whatever it was. So, and that's, that's, that's a good point. Uh, one thing I know why you were doing it, and that's exactly you. Were, you wanted to tie up this story. You wanted to bring us into to that we were doing this, but it was that like that's also the role. This is the, the this is a elder thing of beyond conception of my brain. You know. So what, and I'm a lizard man. What? <laughs> I will hear your backstory before this campaign ends. Nope. I think you're a reptile man. <laughs> uh, so, Ojin, played by Bonnie. Yes. Had encountered God and Athwa yes. much earlier. Oh yeah, way back. And began working with him. Way back. So what she saw that the rest of you didn't see is he is not totally unfathomable. That he isn't aware of what he's doing. It is basically a baby, um, and that he was willing to talk and was interested to see what was going on upstairs. That's why he sent a piece with her. And one of the things going on with the whole, oh no, she sacrificed God and Athwa and stuff, was she was also showing God and Athwa. He was trying to decide. God and Athwa was aware that the Malbion was forcing him to wake up. Like he right. was aware that he was being force fed. He wanted it. He was hungry. Yeah. It was hungry. Ugh, should not be exactly. lying. Gender's the great old ones. Exactly. But, but, right. yeah. but, but it wanted, so it wanted, um, it wanted a view of what was going on because. It was aware it was kind of being pushed forward, and it wasn't quite as mindless as you think. You know, it was it was it was like it was and it had exposed that like Bonnie had seen that a bit, and that was what played into the whole convincing the party that this isn't just the evil thing. Yeah. So that was there early on, and I wanted to pay off on it. And part of the reason is because. I didn't want to get to a point where, you know, the end game was just basically you guys being fed to God and Athwa because he's got a bigger connection to God and Athwa. <laughs> Which it could have easily... Yeah, yeah it, could, it could have just been, you know... could have been it. Yeah, boom, so. gone. Right. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted a little more to it. I wanted to have a situation where the party has to have some kind of battle of charisma or wills to convince God and Athwa to go to sleep. Uh, well, that, and that's the nature, right? And yeah. that's what that's kind of been our quest is to put this thing back to sleep. And we've, you know, yeah. gathered the things over the, over the course of now 15, 16 levels of play. So what you were saying earlier about uh, breaking up and the uh, diversity of encounter types. Yeah, you should have something with role play, mm -hmm. some skill challenges, some battle. 
some puzzles or uh, perhaps a riddle no. or exploration. At least four out of five of what I just said. No puzzles. <laughs> but just, no. it's, it's got to be different. Otherwise, you're just going to do a bunch of meat grinder battles. Yeah. You know, monsters roll up. You can't talk to them. You can't sneak around them. Roll initiative. We fight. We kill them. We take their shit. Move on. What else? What's the next encounter? Yeah. Am I- and we had we had all of that in this in the Woodstock game. Uh, now, I have, I have called out the things that I was like, eh, about, because we're being honest here. I will say the last battle that we had when we returned back to the temple that it all started in, right? And we, at some point, we'll have to send you guys some pictures of what our table was looking like. Yeah, we should like put those night. on social media. That was pretty. That yeah, was baller. Uh, our player Scott put together has put together Amazing. the entire the entire temple as a three D. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's just phenomenal. a three D yeah. terrain. You'll want it for your Tomb of Annihilation yeah. campaign. And then, and then the underground temple under it is even better. We're playing yeah. there next week. Yeah. The next time we play. But that leads to another point. So we. We come and we face the Malbion. We got pulled down into Gadanathwa. Uh, at that point, Gadanathwa says, you know, okay, you know, continue on. We have our... our well, he agrees our, to go... He says he agrees to go to sleep for a thousand years. Yeah, yeah. And, but he tells you in a thousand years, you know, if, gonna, if this is important to you, make sure everyone gets yeah, off planet. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we're, we're good for, uh, you know, we or we could keep our lunch dates for next Wednesday kind yes. of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So he then uh, shuttles us through the tentacles that are the inside of the world to the temple where we were. At that point, we leveled. Yes. We leveled mid-game to 15th at that point. Oh, so we went 14th that's right, to 15th. That's right, yeah, yeah. So we faced them out beyond 14th. We, we got to the temple 15th. We all got to open up our fancy new 8th level spells. Now, with Tony, because what Erasmus did, how do you want to play that when you have all of a sudden... You're unloading. What did you do? Sunbeam, sunburst, sun level version. Yeah, I think it's sunburst. Um, and it was like some inordinate level of day. I mean, you incinerated sunburst. a majority of the board, which I knew they were cannon fodder anyway. But is there anything well, that you guys are with transitioning to? Because none of us have played the high levels of five E and the power curve yet, so we're starting to see. Whoa, that's. That, okay, that's excessive. Well, that's, yeah. And that's one of the things that brought us to this conversation because once I started using the ninth level spells against you guys from the Malbion, I really started questioning the ethics of using ninth level spells <laughs> against player characters because I'm like, wow, that's, that's uh, intense. Yeah, he's, he's got he doesn't have like an unlimited number of them. He's got a, but like most player characters can only get one. Yeah. He's got a, he's got like a couple or a few. He's he's, right. he's got a hand. He's got he has a limited number of he's ninth a level solo spells. Boss. Yes, he's a solo boss. but it is like you know he has access to like the whole book, and I'm like. Wow, I can do that to you? Uh, okay. I, and I will say I made a mistake. I thought True Polymorph, it looked like True Polymorph had no save. But but, but he would have failed, uh, the, the chair yeah, would have failed his he, save anymore. He could not have made yeah. that save, yeah. It's interesting, because all of a sudden, yeah, you get like, you get like these kind of board clearing powers on both sides. Yeah. And what we'll say, as much as they were cannon fodder, you actually, we were, I was playing with, playing with the Star Spawn and they had interactions. So, like, there were so interactions that oh, were supposed to happen between oh. different star spawn. <laughs> like, there were ways to warp one out and get another one yeah. in to take nope. the damage. <laughs> and, yeah, all the cannon fodder was gone, so that wasn't going to happen. So, with that type of encounter, uh, this is where, in the late game, where your artillery really shines. Because mm. they're moving up from, I'm throwing a fireball, to I'm throwing a lightning bolt, to I'm throwing something like a sunburst. <laughs> where it's got a, a 60-foot radius blast, and you're hitting freaking Everything. And it does, like, what was the damage on that 12 thing? 12d6. 6 um, I mean, it's, And uh, it's yeah. an evocation, so I could use my class ability that for that one shot to do max damage. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, a dra- it's, a, it's an adult to ancient dragon's breath weapon. Yeah. So Almost, it, it, right? it's schmancy, and I get my intelligence bonus with it, and all, all kinds of good stuff. You're making me feel so much better about possibly using Meteor Storm. Well, you see, yeah, well, I mean, that's really also great range. We've talked about this before. Two different doses. Can Meteor Storm get into an underground temple, though? Does it have Actually, to go I've read through? it. No, it, it, it works. It appears wherever. They just okay. appear. That's the big question. Do I use Meteor Storm against the party? Because that could be a one TPK spell. Yeah. But <laughs> without going too far in a different direction here, when you're dealing with a high-level encounter like that, the... The initial reaction is, I'm going to pile a lot of monsters out here. Well, again, you have to be careful because you probably don't want all your encounters to be, here's a monstrous encounter, yeah. take a long rest. 
I really like Plus the, the dynamic. Gets really long. Yeah, yeah, I like the dynamic yeah. in Tomb of Horror we have, where we encounter, 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 we do things, and then they take a short rest, versus big encounter, we use all our coolest shit, we take a nap, everything's better, I got stabbed with the, har- the harpoon, I'm fine, get up, I got my 8th level spell back, and now I'm going to fight my next super hard encounter, once again, at absolute full strength, that takes away all the resource management out of the game. So mm. I'm hearing you want to have fewer rests, and I'm fine with that. I'd, I'd, I'd stretch out the, the CR in any high level campaign I would consider how difficult uh, the encounter is going to be to be it's difficult because you want to be challenging now you pull out those seers or those seekers you want to talk about what's a bullshit monster of the week kids here it is it's oh, a they, what do they get the uh, six uh, they got six oh, attacks oh freaking yeah. god no 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 yeah, not, not that creature uh, it was a star spawn seer this gentleman. I did not play him well enough. Oh, okay. I had well, two of them, and I did not play them well. You know what feels like shenanigans? This thing's got uh, an ability to throw an attack out there. Uh, you can use a psychic orb ability twice. So this thing has multi-attacks. Two blasts of 5d10 mental damage. Welcome to 15th level. Yeah. I mean, there is there is that level of... You no defensive save. Psychic psyche damage. Psyche damage. So talking yeah. about every character... Even the most weak constitution at that level has over 100 hit points. So, you know, there's only something that's going to make him go, whoa, this guy's If Thorn so, hadn't been yeah. all over my character and been hitting the guys in the back, they'd all dropped. Yeah. That's the reason why I, fight, I play like that, because I'm absorbing hits other people can't take. So if he started hitting guys in the back for 5d10, I'm like, hey, do I get a... Uh, Intelligent save or wisdom save? No, yeah. it's straight damage. I feel like they're well, going to have some seers with them or something. In, in the re- psychic the, damage, sure. But also, like I'm not playing that. To, I'm not playing that. I'm not metagaming against your party. I was responding to the fact that you had, you had dropped that sunburst. So they're attacking you because they see you as the biggest threat because you used the sunburst in the first round. So like that's, that's part of that, my strategy. That is yeah. how that is how I often play battles. I, I'm not coming into the battle and metagaming. Oh, I want to get the rogue first turn. Unless you're in a situation where someone has like really kind of followed you and like, or they would know that. Yeah, I got to take out that cleric because they're a problem. I mean, there are times I would do it. Yeah, you know, if if you're fighting someone who knows you well, yeah, they might set up a trap. But in this case, I mean, that was the thing. Like, just I'm role playing, role playing wise, I'm like, yeah, they would go after him. Yeah, Uh, probably should have been going after the barbarians who can't take like you can't defend against like. No, no one again, really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, they're kryptonite. What can I say? So, I mean, how are you enjoying going to going to the high-level play? Is it, uh, is it working out for you? This is this is my bag. This is, yeah. you know, I bought the ticket. I've been, I've watched all the movies before. I guess I'm getting to Avengers Endgame. Like, we all built up to this. I saw all the movies. I watched <laughs> Ant-Man. I want, I want to watch, you know, the last Avengers movie. This is... Uh, no, I am very much because, it, like I said, it does... In some ways, I feel like it's slightly freeing in that... You can kind of throw balance a little bit out the window. You can kind of do whatever you want, and they have the resources to be able to, yeah, to at least try at that in a way. So we'll see if that continues as we go forward. Because again, some of these abilities that you guys are going to start unlocking that will unlock at Woodstock are they start to get pretty, pretty wild. That'd be pretty, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be pretty cool, and I I really enjoy when we hit this point, especially when you've gotten here or after the. You know, the full campaign. Yeah. Because, yeah, exactly that. You can kind of take the lid off a little bit and get more creative with what you're doing as a DM. And, yeah, you can basically... They have resources, and you you can... You get to... Because the players have resources, now you get to throw things out there that can that can absorb those resources. Yeah. And that can yeah. force them to use those resources. You know, so you're not... you know Because you don't want to have the kind of game where, where everyone's holding on to everything for some... You know, future that they never that that might never happen. You know, the old the old potion you've had for ten levels. <laughs> you know? Why are you not using potion of thunder resistance? Right, Just yeah. use it. <laughs> so it's like um, you want that. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. I, I think it's it's fun, and we'll see. We'll see uh, how we wrap this up. Yeah, in terms of story, I mean, really, the uh, the majority of it is in the is in the core. Like the the end game, really, what we're at now is really the back end. So, yeah, you do have that more flexibility. But if you keep that within... Like, where second edition and first edition kind of shit the bed is when I would make an attack roll against an incredibly powerful foe. Like, uh, preposterous. Like, Demogorgon. Yeah. And I'd be like, I rolled a three. And I'd hit him. And the DM would look at me like, what? And I'm like, well, these are my bonuses. Well, I have a Storm Giant girl, and I've got a plus five hammer, and, and you know... Yeah. He's like, shit, you just hit a negative 26 armor class. I'm like, I know. And that's not what you want. A three should still miss. 
They're they're I mean, if you're very strong and very accurate, you don't want to throw away. You can't save and you can't miss because that is what derails the suspension yeah, disbelief. And that's actually a great oh. point because the Malbion, uh, he missed a lot. Even though he's super, even though he's super powered up, even though he's getting a big bonus to his attack rolls, he missed. And you guys made saves. That is actually a really that is a good point though, Tone. I think it's not something I really thought about in that way. But yeah, there should still be chance. Yeah. Yeah, like so- we talked about, like increasing strength. Like strength is something they didn't really. There were some issues I had with how they did strength in five E. I mean, you want to really build on that. Where strength gets messy is when you start increasing your attack bonus. I'd give more flexibility in the back end with the damage bonus because when you're facing a bunch of monsters on the map, they each have 110 hit points. Who gives a rat's ass if I give you plus four to damage? Like yeah. no one's even gonna notice that. It's yeah. cool. It gives you great flavor. Like yes, I have plus four to damage. But what is that really doing in terms of your output? Yeah. Nothing too outrageous. On the other hand, it's like having an extra two d eight weapon in the attack or one d eight weapon in the attack. Yeah, but does uh, yeah, but does strength somehow make me a good fighter? You know, <laughs> Cap's not strong, and the Cap's not a great fighter because he's strong. You know, but yeah. Anyway, well, you know, when you hit a when you hit a carapace or a piece of armor and you hit it as hard as you can, maybe you get more damage through. Some, yeah, something. I think you would play on playing stuff yeah. like that. But no, it's a good point to think of too. Still have some chance. Uh, be there, or at least have uh, certain abilities of your big band that will just, you know, annihilate that anyway. I know uh, people homebrewed stuff back in that day when, like, you'd be fighting a solar or something, and you'd be like, "Well, he has a negative twenty-five armor class." I'm like, "What?" I mean, what is this angel doing? Wearing three suits of armor and has two rings of protection <laughs> on each of his middle fingers? Like, what are we talking about? You know. He's, he's got a friend in Jesus. Yeah. Really? <laughs> he is friends with Jesus. That's his, that's his superpower. <laughs> All right, guys. We've been going on about this for a little while now, so why don't we get the final thoughts? So what are your final thoughts on transitioning into higher-level play? Try to keep your agency the best you can in terms of the story. I know that you have probably had this great... In the beginning of the game, whenever you started this, you had your beginning and your end, and you want to really make sure this ending is perfect, but it may not get solved the way you mm-hmm. want. That's okay. Your home brewing, yes, you have more flexibility to play with things. Let the players explore what they want to do, which they want to feel is cool. That's okay. Just know what you can mess with and what you can't. I, have, I would say be very ginger with the touching of to hit bonuses and DC bonuses in terms of saving throws. Other than that, you got some play. Give some some extra hit points. It's fine. Like, you know, it's not, it's like, oh my god, that bard got an extra 10 hit points. We're done. The continuity is ruined. I would say the majority of your, and I have already broken some of these rules, but, you know, again, these are generalizations. The majority of your character development and your story building and the idea of the world is happening from first all the way up to this last tier. The last tier is not really for big character development and deep backstory or... Or new characters. Or definitely not new characters. Also not for big new storylines that are opening up. Uh, therefore, the final phase of it. Therefore, Avengers Endgame. That's what they're for. All the other movies were all your levels that you had before that to build that. Sometimes you'll break that. I've broken that with two characters already. Uh, but the majority, everyone has knows who they are and where they are. And now you have a final point. You have a goal. You have a win condition that you're looking for. So I yeah. think that's that when you're transitioning to high level, that's what you want to be looking for story-wise. Other than that, allow the flexibility of the system to, to be there. Because it doesn't really matter if they if they get to beat up on the big bad. Because it's not going to be a one-shot deal. It's mm-hmm. just not going to be. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, for me, uh, I would say, number one, you, to reiterate what you're saying here, you're paying off at this point in the game. You're not building story. You're not building backstory. You're not developing characters. You're paying off on the things that developed through the last 15 or so levels. So, you want to have those things in there that do feel like payoffs, whether it's, you know, abilities characters unlock or scenes that pay off on what you've been doing. Like, like for instance, the God and Awful conversation scene pays off on the one-player character's connection and conversation with God and Othwa many, many levels ago. Mm. So you want to pay off on the things you've done leading up to here. So then you want to start ramping up the tension, ramping up the threat level, and really make the players feel like they're getting into a climax. Because that's what this is. This is the climax of the story. Yeah. And when they when they have that final showdown or the final... You know, it could be an encounter, it could be a puzzle, it could be a ritual. When they do the no final thing to save the world, 
you want that to, to, you want to have build up to away. it and have it really kind of really pop for them. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, part of doing that, part of making it feeling more threatening is kind of starting to break the rules. Adding more homebrew, making monsters that don't quite follow the quite follow the, uh, the, 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 the recipes you've been using. Throwing out their cool character abilities or other things, you know, maybe there's new weapons and stuff like that. Things that really feel like, okay, we've left the basic game and now we're getting into the cool stuff. Because this is it. High level play at 15 and up, that is the cool stuff in the game. And I think that's really what you play into. That is one of the things with 5e, though, too, is like we've talked about with the toy chest. There's so much of that already built, already baked into it with the abilities and the changes as you level up that some of that is already there for you. So, you know, who knows how much you have to do in terms of uh, adjusting it. You know what I mean? Just in terms of some of the well, abilities and class features that, that open up. But you gave, I think, each of us a custom item. In a way. Yeah, I mean, so, in like, when you hit high-level play... And actually, you know... Okay. It's, it's, I break my own rules. What are you going to do? But, but here's the... But, but there's a reason for that. It's yeah. not just that you're unleashing cool stuff. It's that you've been the DM of this game for, you know, I don't know, maybe two years. Oh, yeah, been... And you have ideas. And you get to enact ideas that you couldn't have done in early levels. Very, you know, very, you can, you can roll true. stuff out there now that you very wouldn't have true. done earlier. So I am looking forward to what you guys open up in terms of class abilities, though, because we haven't played with them yet. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. The mechanics. Of I just keep that on the down low. Makes it sound like we're not so wise about fifth edition. Hold, hold not for level twenty. <laughs> you know, these are the soft skills. They go for any edition or any RPG you're playing. That's true. That's true. Every single one of these. All right. So, guys, thanks a lot for uh, for, for being on another podcast, and thank you all at home for listening to another episode of Three Wise DMs. If you like what you heard, please give us the five-star rating in your podcast platform. And if you want to hear us answer one of your questions, this was our question. This is something that we brought to the table, <laughs> but we often answer listener questions. So if you want to hear us listen, uh, answer one of your questions, please send it in. You can send it to our, G- to our email address, 3wisedms at gmail.com. You can go to our website, 3wisedms.com, put it in the What's Your Problem field. Or talk to us on, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're active in all those places. And we're always looking for new material for the next podcast. We love helping you solve the problems you have. This is a podcast for Dungeon Masters with Problems. That's what we're really here to do. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Rewise DMs. <laughs>